Hello, my name is Charles Wright, and welcome to the Complete in Christ podcast, where we endeavor to fit the pieces of our lives together according to the Word of God. Here on Complete in Christ, we're trying something new and kicking off a sermon series. The title of the series is What's in Your Heart? And it's taken from a sermon that I preached in 2019. And the aim of that sermon was that by better understanding the link between our hearts, our beliefs, and our decisions, that we would be convicted and ultimately compelled to ask God to show us what he sees in our hearts and then be determined to genuinely and earnestly seek him to renew our hearts and our minds. The sermon is taken from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, and I pray that it blesses you. Let's get to it. The context for this a little bit is uh, Joseph and his brothers have come to him while he is in Egypt. And now, you know, he is ruler over many things or asking for some grain. He says, yep, that's cool. They brought some money to buy that grain from him. He fills their bags up with the grain and he gives them their money back. Right. Because he's their brother. He loves them. They don't know that he's their brother yet, but they leave. And when they look into their bags, they discover, right, as it says here in the text, he said to his brothers, my money has been put back. Here it is in the mouth of my sack. And at this, their hearts failed them. And they turned trembling to one another, saying, what is it that God has done to us? <laughs> Genesis 42, 28 lets us know that the heart can represent our emotions, right, our feelings, these guys were afraid because it looked like they had stolen from Pharaoh. Now let's turn to 1 Samuel 1 and 3. And you don't have to turn. I think uh, our crackpot team back there is helping me out and making me look good and uh, putting these scriptures up here. So you don't have to keep turning. You can make note if you want to. But 1 Samuel 1 and 13. If you're familiar with the story of Samuel and more specifically his mother, Hannah, she was barren. Could not have children. And would constantly, constantly, constantly be praying to the Lord that she may give birth. And in this particular passage, it says that Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. So in other words, you've got this woman who is praying, but she's not saying anything out loud. Someone observes and thinks that she's drunk because she's moving her mouth, but she's not saying nothing. And the scripture lets us know that she's speaking within her heart. This lets us know that the heart can also represent our thoughts. The seed of where we have that internal communication with ourselves. In Psalm 62 and 10, <laughs> the psalmist writes, put no trust in extortion, set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Psalms lets us know that our heart can also represent our hope. Where do we put our hope? Where does our confidence lie? What are we trusting in? The admonition here is not to trust in riches. Continuing in Psalms, Psalms 119 and 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. So we see here our heart can also represent our intentions and our will. And then finally, Song of Solomon's 4 and 9. 
And we know that this is a book of love. (laughs) You have captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. And what we see here is that the heart can also represent our affection. Hmm. So put that all together, right? We've got the heart that represents a couple of different things. It represents our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts. It represents our hopes. It represents our intention, our will. It represents our affection. Hmm. And I think most would agree that even the world's definition of heart aligns with how the Bible defines heart. In other words, it is the core of each person where their feelings, their emotions, their desires, their wants, their wishes, their motivations reside. It is, get this now, the purest, most honest expression of what a person wants to do or wants to seek after in order to bring themselves happiness and satisfaction. But when we ask the question that must follow, what is the condition of the heart? What is its disposition? What is its default setting? Well, this is where the two definitions begin to diverge. You see, the world says that the heart is basically good. Hmm. It says that it should be trusted that it should be followed, that if you want to get to the core of what will make you happy, if you want to get to the core of what will make you fulfilled, if you want to get to the core of what your truth is, then you need to follow your heart. You need to go where it leads you. (laughs) You need to Spend some time getting to know yourself and then listen to what yourself tells you yourself should do. (laughs) But the Bible says that the heart is evil. The Bible says that it stands in opposition to God and as such should not be trusted. Here are two very key verses. We're going to look at Genesis 6 and 5. This is six chapters after the creation of everything. And it says that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, let me let me stop here, because I know this is this is this is messing with us a little bit. And this is how I know it messes with us, because it messes with me, because when I think about myself, I don't think about myself as evil. I've seen some movies in my day. I've seen some evil villains, Nick. I'm not an evil villain. I'm not holding nobody's child for ransom. I'm not locking nobody up in no basement somewhere, chasing people down. You see see what I'm saying now, Martin? And so, 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 so when I see that every intention of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil, right off the bat, I think there's something wrong with that. Because I know my thoughts, and they're not evil. I might not want to share them with everybody, but they're not evil. (laughs) I'm I'm just talking about me. These are the conversations I have with myself. And I think part of that is because we we have a, look, I'm just going to say it. We have a, a, a Hollywood version of what evil is. 
right? And we've allowed the world to define evil, which then allows the world to kind of say, so then because this is what we say evil is, then yeah, man isn't evil. Man is basically good. But let me give you a very, very simple definition of evil. Evil is wanting to do what I want to do instead of what God says to do. That's it. I know that messes with us because you think, wait a minute, I thought it was shooting up schools. I thought it was hijacking planes. I thought it was, you know what I'm saying? You, the, the news will talk about, it was just an evil person and they're just, they're, no, 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 listen to what I'm saying. That's all fruit of it. But it all comes from the same seed and that is that my will above everybody else's will. See, that's the nature of sin. Sin is not necessarily the individual things that we do. It's all about what I think in my heart, which is I want my way. And to have my way, I might commit adultery. To have my way, I might steal. To have my way, I might kill. To have my way, I might covet. To have my way, I might, you see what I'm saying? Those are all just manifestations of me wanting my way. How I want it, when I want it, where I want it. So if we look at this verse and said, you know what? The the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only to do what he wanted to do continually. We might could see ourselves in that scripture. Let me give you let me give you a very, very simple, simple example. <laughs> you ever been in a public place and they tell you, look, now it's going to be packed. So when you go in there, we need you to go all the way to the end of the row and don't leave any gaps in between you. What do we do? <laughs> I'm going to sit where I want to sit. <laughs> I bought a ticket. I bought my own ticket. They can tell me where to sit. I'm a grown man. I'll sit. I'll lay across the whole row if I want to lay across the whole row. (laughs) And I know you're thinking, oh, wait a minute, Minister Wright. That's such a small thing. Yeah, it's a small thing. But the seed, the kernel, is that I want my will. (laughs) I want my will. We see this from the very beginning of when children enter into the world. Children ain't asking you, uh, Father, is it okay if you feed me now? <laughs> my, my brother here knows, right? He's coming in right now. That, that baby didn't ask him, is this a good time for, for, for you to change me? <laughs> are, are you good with, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, yeah, if you would now, can you take me out? Yeah. Right? But we see, right? Beautiful, beautiful. But from the very beginning, we want our way. What is the one word you don't have to teach your child? My? Or what's the other? No. I don't, I don't ever remember. Look, I told my family, my daughters asked me, they said, Dad, is there going to be any, uh, what did you say, humorous uh, familial anecdotes in your sermon today? <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. But the spirit moves. <laughs> but my youngest daughter, the first construction that she put together from a sentence <laughs> wasn't I love wasn't um, you know you know daddy's great it, it was it was it was I not 
That, I mean, that, was Hannah's, that was Hannah's catchphrase. I not. She knew enough to know that I is me and I'm not going to do. I not. She, could even, she didn't have enough words to even describe what it was she wasn't going to do. But, she, but, but we come in wired. And I think this is why people have a struggle with the notion of man being basically good and evil, because we define good and evil by how the world defines good and evil. But we need to define it how the Bible defines good and evil. Good is doing what God says. Evil is not doing what God says. Right? It's not the worst thing you can imagine happening and saying, well, I would never do that. So therefore, I'm not evil. No. You've jumped over a lot of stuff. It's that kernel that says, every thought of my heart is about me. What I want, what I need, what I'm going to get, how I'm going to get it, how better not anybody try to stop me. (laughs) Jeremiah 17 and 9, we all know this one. The heart is what? It's deceitful. Above all things. That, you know what that means? That means that there is nothing else more deceitful than the heart. Think about that. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. That means it can't get better. Not just, oh, it has a little cold. Not like my brother here who's getting over. It's desperately sick. And then I like this. Who can understand it? That includes you with your own heart. Make it personal. My heart is the most deceitful thing in the world. It is desperately sick, and I can't understand it. But the world says I should follow it. The world says I should listen to it. Push this even further. Jesus makes it clear in Matthew 15 and 19 that what actually defiles a man is not what he eats, right? But it's actually what comes out of him when he says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, come murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. This is why... So this is Matthew 15. If you flip back to Matthew 5, right, the Sermon on the Mount, 5 through 7, this is why when Jesus gets to walking through some of the Ten Commandments, he says, you have heard that thou shalt not do this. But he pushes it further, right? He says, you've heard that you should not commit adultery. He said, I push it further. You should even look at a woman with lust in your heart. Because Jesus knows that that's where the seed is planted. And that adultery is just the fruit. Right? No one wakes up one day and says, I'm going to go commit adultery. But it starts here. Right? A seed. And Jesus knew that. And he knew that that seed produces fruit. And the fruit that we see is all of these things. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. But it's born in the heart. So here's, here's a statement that you can, you can try on and see if you want to keep it on. As my heart is, so am I. Hmm. 
as my heart is, so am I. This is why following our hearts, being led by our hearts, is a really bad idea. <laughs> not, a, not a deep theological point. You don't have to spend a whole lot of time studying. It's a bad idea. We, look, we know this just from personal experience. Think back to that person that you just thought hung the moon. You, I mean, they just, you just, they just couldn't do any wrong. For me, it's my wife, Karen. I'm not thinking back past anybody else. <laughs> Can't, I don't even remember nobody else. It's just, it's, when I go back, it's blank pages. It's just... Can't even see. It starts the moment I met my wife. Started remembering things. But for the rest of y'all. <laughs> yeah. But think about how you would just ate up with whoever that person was. Your heart, if, if you listened to your heart, your heart would have told you marry them right then and there. Not when you look back on it, though. Don't you feel silly? I mean, the, the way he was pining. I'm going to mess with Bolden. Bolden, Bolden, back when you had hair, Bolden, you was pining over somebody. And now you look back in the wisdom of, in the wisdom of, of age and say, what was I thinking? What? what, what? Right? And guess who was there with you the whole time? Your heart telling you, oh, yeah. That's the one. That's the one. So we, we should know by personal experience that of all people I cannot trust, it's my heart. Because one day my heart is set on one thing and then I wake up the next day and I'm, I don't know if I feel like. But in the same breath, well, my heart, I just feel in my heart I need to do this. Well, your heart told you yesterday to go left. Yeah, I know, I know. But now today, well, you see what I'm saying? And I know, look, I'm, it's, it seems funny, but, it, but it's serious, right? Because we give so much credence to what I feel and, and what I feel about and how it, if it feels right and it's my truth and all these things. And the scripture is so clear. And our experience confirms scripture. That's the other thing too, right? We know the things that I thought I wanted to do. I don't want to do those no more. Not, I can't even remember how I, what frame of mind was I in that made me even think that was a good idea. The deceitfulness of the heart. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Complete in Christ podcast. If you have any questions regarding this episode or series, you can send them to questions at completeinchristpodcast.org. Please include your name, where you're from, and the specific episode you're referencing. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It gives us feedback that helps us to keep improving and provide some insight for those who may be listening for the very first time. Again, my name is Charles Wright, and until next time, be blessed.